Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Homebrew. Now, this one is a little bit different. Normally, I'm speaking with my co-hosts, Brian and Brian. I'll let you figure out which one I thought of first uh, over Zoom. But apparently, the boys decided to ditch the Internet and head over to the Hop Grenade and be in person with our guests. Well, I'll get to our guests later. Brian, Brian, what's up, dude? How you guys doing? Hey, it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's been like three years since we've been in here. It's weird. And, you know, I'll tell you what, it's even weirder not looking at you guys. <laughs> this is very this is very creepy to me. I don't I I Are you weird or is it a relief? Um it's erotic, I think, is is the word you were looking for. <laughs> should we start an OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah, that's we should really do that. Yeah, it's very weird, man. And uh I don't know how I feel about it. I sort of feel like I'm missing out, but also um I feel like I'm having a fever dream where I can't see you. Um, you know, dis like Cooper disappearing in and out of his like virtual background. Um, you know, all the stuff, all the stuff, all the quirks that make the show the show, you know? Well, what it's been the last few years anyway. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that brings us to our guests, our very special guests, our big fans of the show. I'm actually humbled uh, by how long they've been bugging us to get onto the show. Um, and they're a duo. They're a brewing duo. Uh, please welcome uh, Christopher Graham from More Beer. And then, of course, our very own Justin Crossley from um, from the session and the Brewing Network, just in general. Boys, welcome to the show. I'm clapping Thanks for, for Christopher a... Graham. I'm giving Christopher <laughs> Graham a, a Christopher. Yeah. What did I do wrong to be called Christopher? Christopher. <laughs> well, I was going to drop your middle name, but I decided not to. <laughs> not to yeah. fully dox you and then your last four-year social. Um, so you guys brewed a beer. You guys brewed a beer last year, I think, together for Nationals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and you're at it again. We're, we're bros. Yeah. You know, I don't know course. if you know, that, but uh, we've been bros for years. I've seen and, your tattoos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have his name. He has mine. That's right. Um, his wife doesn't know, but uh, we, it's a very secret place. Um, yeah. Uh, so last year, I don't even know how it came up, but we had started doing some work together uh, on my show and on the More Beer uh, YouTube channel. And I think it just came up about brewing and then, um, I, one of us, I honestly don't remember who got like the email from the homebrewers association about entries due for the homebrew competition. And mm -hmm. one of us sent it to the other one going like, Hey, do you think we should do this? I mean, we've only been in the business for almost 20 years. Do you think it'd be fun to finally enter the competition? And so we did that last year. Yeah. Um, and, and Graham asked, well, you know, what do we brew? And of course, you know, I always start with pale ale, but, um, we actually brewed something else. I, I said, you know, the other beer that comes to mind is Tasty's Dortmunder. Um, and not just because we love Tasty, 
I just remember how awesome that beer was. So Graham, I said it, I said that to you and you're like, oh, let's go Dort all the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. So we did that last year and uh, we, we didn't make it to the second round last year. What were your scores? Do you remember? Chris, I know you remember. You have to remember. They don't send them to you. They don't like, send you the scores? We advanced. We got one thing saying we advanced to the next round and then we got nothing else after. Ooh. So very disappointing. Yeah. That's so weird. Even from the first round, they don't give you scores. It, it, if they did, did you get any last year? I didn't enter last year. Uh, uh, well, then you did not. That's veto, by the, the way. The yeah. was done differently last year, and they, they had to judge all the beers on site at HomebrewCon. It was the short-form score sheet. And it was a short-form score sheet, and you would just get 12 beers put in front of you, and and you would pass two. I and see. 12 more beers and pass two. And this happened like five, six times a day. Okay. So, um, so there's no score, really. It's just like kind of a best of show. There were they, there were scores, I believe. I think that I I got um, a sheet back from someone. It might be that you just hmm. didn't find the sheets, or that I don't know. Maybe or it's in my spam filter or email. something like that. Yeah, I only. I mean, I've had my email, and I'm not going to say it out loud. I've had it for 23 years now, or 24 mm. years. So I get quite a bit of crap in there. So yeah, I mean, it could have been there somewhere. But I got the other one. But, I got the ones that said you advanced. Yeah, but I didn't get the other one. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. But, but we know what we knew. There was a we problem. know what was we, we shortly after we sent it off. Yeah, we discovered a problem on our own. In fact, on the air here. On the air, we did a okay. show. We had people come in. What was it? We're a glutton for punishment. Are you going to tell like, me? Get to come. It was uh, so, so as, you, acetaldehyde. How do you say acetaldehyde? acetaldehyde. Yeah, get Nicole on the phone. She'll tell you exactly how. I know. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, you know I'm lazy, JP. No. And unfortunately, uh, I've been using dry yeast a lot lately because you don't have to add oxygen. And uh, I, you know, I'm not, it's not lazy. It's a risk management. As a home brewer, that oxygen stone to me is like one of the riskiest things we have in our brewery um, and keeping that thing sanitized. So using dry yeast and not need, and I don't repitch, so I don't need to oxygenate. I love that. But for this recipe, we wanted to follow it to the T. So we, you know, me and just grab four packets when one's necessary of, yeah. white, labs. of white labs liquid yeah. yeast. And that's yeah. what we used. Uh, but I didn't think, hey, I better go get an oxygen stone. We forgot to aerate. Yeah, basically. And so fermentation suffered. And, okay. and we ended up with this because the, the, the beer was otherwise, I, I don't even, it sounds silly to say, but otherwise clean or otherwise good, but it had a prominent, like it was just there. We just knew it. It wasn't going anywhere. It was there. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> silly to say that, <laughs> that you brewed a beer that was otherwise good, except for the thing that it was. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Those, good because you're, you're finding the positives in the whole experience. <laughs> And I'm proud that, of you for that. Not just like golf and anything else. You, you mm-hmm. have one good hole and it keeps you going. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, and I guess the reason I say, even though it still is silly to say, the reason I say that is like uh, Tasty's recipe was still great. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The ingredients were fine. The, the you know, most of the brewing process was fine. It finished fermenting like it's supposed to, mm-hmm. all of those things. But it had, at, at least we were given a thing to fix uh, is, is kind of how we felt about it. Okay, you knew you knew a point that, okay, yeah, I see. A point of improvement. Yes. Like, in other words, yeah. because it was Tasty's recipe and because I at least personally loved it so much, yeah. had we not had that one prominent flaw and then didn't do well or didn't get scores back, I wouldn't know what else to do. I'd be like, well, I guess we should enter something else. Let's pick an, let's in, let's design a beer ourselves. That's Tasty's was great. And Tasty won a silver medal with his, and I don't know what to do. So because of that, 
we brewed it again to enter again because we nice. thought, oh, we're going to let's just try it again because there, there's nothing wrong with the beer recipe itself. Let's sure. See if, let's see if we can nail it. Absolutely. So, well, let's see. We'll tell you. We'll let you know. So there's that one. And then um, but we brewed two. Right. I don't know which one you want to do first, but we're doing both on the same show. Yeah. Yeah. We're new the pale first. Okay, so the other yeah. one was a pail. Okay. And uh, th- last year, we did not enter a pail. This year, uh, Chris was like, hey, man, why don't we just enter two? And then yeah, you know, the, other one, the other one should be a pale ale because that's all I'd ever do, ever, ever. And so um, we did a pale ale. And JP, I think you'll like this. We mm-hmm. did it uh, mostly based on, remember when Central Coast Pale Ale was like the double gold, Central Coast Brewing Company. Vaguely. Our friend Brendan yeah. was brewing there, and pretty much everyone in the studio just loved that beer. Vaguely, um, I do, yeah, but I couldn't tell you what the beer tasted like. So that brewer now has his own brewery, and I reached out to him. I said, hey, we're doing a pale ale. need some suggestions. And so we loosely, we basically based it on a hybrid between that beer, which is about five or, or more years old mm-hmm. uh, as a pale ale recipe, a West Coast pale ale, and his newest pale ale, which he made some changes to. And so we sort of morphed them into our pale ale. Which right. is so you tinkered. Double. We tinkered and and then made a uh, what we think is a West Coast um, pale ale. And we have our own opinions about that one, but I maybe we'll hold them until you guys yes, do your thing. Yes, please do that. So just to, just to recap, you, you took something probably pretty good and you changed it. <laughs> which yeah. makes sense to me i guess somehow but yeah. we'll see what happens <laughs> we'll see what happens but we ran our changes by brendan and uh, by the brewer you know oh, okay. we, I was gonna say, we hardly changed anything yeah we didn't hardly change, change the rest he, of he did well <laughs> i don't think we're allowed to say that if we oh. win or something we're not allowed to win a medal then we have to list him as our brewer well he had oddly specific notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's, it's like screenwriting, where if there's more than forty percent changes, then you are a co-author of the thing, right? So, right. Uh, well, like I'll give you an example. Although Chris Graham, I think, would have done this. I, I didn't know about it, but Chris is like, "Oh yeah, I already have that at my house." There's this little ingredient that you add to help um, prevent hop creep. What's that thing called? A- ALDC. We did ALDC. That's oh, wow, exciting. that sounds like almost too close to DVDA, but. Oh. 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 ALDC, what what it what it what is that? Oh, veto time. This is this is why time. I brought it up. I thought it was yeah. interesting to talk about veto. Uh, yeah, so it's an enzyme that produces or uh, stops inhibits the creation of VDKs, which is the precursor to diacetyl. Okay, all right. Which it, you know, you get, diacetyl is a problem with hop creep and hoppy mm-hmm. beers, and we were going to dry hop the shit out of this, and so. You know, a couple little tweaks there uh, that that were recommendations from our brewer friend, but that also Chris was like, oh, yeah, I have that. Of course, we're using that. So, you know, we did things ourselves. That sounds great. I look forward to drinking it. <laughs> but before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You go to Five Star Chemicals right now and learn about the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment, which is, of course, with PBW, with Star Sand. Sandy clean if you want. There's a whole bunch of stuff over there. So go fivestarchemicals.com, check them out. And while you're there, sign up for their homebrew club program. You get some free swag, exclusive discounts, monthly educational seminars, and even sometimes free products, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, who gives out free stuff anyway? You know what I mean? This way, you don't have to go to Costco and wait in line for someone to hand you a little bit of food like you're five years old again. You go to fivestarchemicals.com slash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program you can sign up you know directly right there if you already know 
about all the things Five Star has on the website, but check them out. They do have a lot of, you know, sort of how-tos and uh, exactly why their chemicals work really well and better ways that you can use, uh, utilizing your home brewery to make better beer. Because, of course, it's cleaning and sanitizing. It's not one or the other. It's both in harmony, a lot like Chris and Justin brewing, you know? Mm -hmm. I agree with that comparison. That's a good comparison. (laughs) I think so, too. We call ourselves Six Star, me and Chris. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> wow. I would have gone Four yeah. Star, but that's me. No, we're Six Star Brewing <laughs> Brewing Company. Brewery. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Please open that. Six Star Brewing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to jump into this pale ale, and we'll let Brian Shar and Brian Cooper, our resident uh, master BJCP judges, sort of rip it apart. That way I don't have to. I can just sit and talk. We have I'm excited the, about that. Points for Grandmaster, by the way. You have enough uh, points for Grandmaster now? We've had him for years. Oh. I thought so. <laughs> has he still, does he, does, J, for, does JP never call you Grandmaster? Just Master? Well, it started with, with Lee and I. The show started with Lee and I. Lee Shepard and I were both master level judges, but over yeah. the course of time, I worked my, my way up. Eventually, Brian, too, joined us here, and he's a Grandmaster as well. So I'm actually getting pretty close to Grandmaster 2. It's just well, a matter of adding more points. So. See, I, I, I forget. I'm sorry. I, I, I just re- focus on the Master and not the Grand part because I feel you like, just feel, you know. Happy and well, he's to, getting older. I'm getting older. Yeah. Well, you know, also, it's it, uh, Grandmaster is sort of like putting a crown on a crown. You know, it's just sort of like. <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say something similar, JP, that like, I feel like Grandmaster deserves like a funny hat. Too, like, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's not your fault that they don't wear their Grandmaster hat. How That's can you right. remember? That's I right. look. Yeah. As a Grandmaster, I ought to have like a hip hop album. <laughs> yeah. Get him a, get Brian Shaw an 808 and uh, <laughs> just let him go to town, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break, everybody. We'll come right back and we'll uh, drink Chris and Justin's pale ale. Hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are going to be pouring this pale ale. Vito's in the studio pouring this pale ale, and I'm going to bust mine open. But uh, Chris and Justin, here is about the time when I ask the brewer, have you guys brewed a pale ale before? But we've already talked about that. So we're just going to jump right into, um, well, you know, I also ask how long you guys have been homebrewing. Christopher? (laughs) That's a good question. How how long long have you guys been homebrewing? 
Chris Graham. How long have you been homebrewing? Let me get my abacus out. <laughs> Do some backward math here. 19. Yeah, pull that microphone back with you. Yeah. There you go. 1993 ish. Really? Nice. That's a long time. <laughs> How old were you in 93? No, no. It's got to be more like 94 or 95, somewhere in that ballpark. You were 20. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Did I actually start brewing before you? Could have been. Wow. Yeah, you're the only one who can answer that, sure. Yeah, I started brewing 93. Oh, yeah, no, you definitely have me be. There you go. I heard NHC in 93 mm. with this stout that I made that was absolute shit. But I thought that it was the <laughs> best thing ever. But yeah. I, I was a member of the AHA. I got Zymergy. And I'm all excited to send my stout in. Like, I might win this whole thing. The stout is so great. <laughs> and it got like a 21. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yes, I was so mad. I thought this stout was the best, and then later on, I I came to realize, oh oh no, it was absolutely not. Uh, no. But you didn't give up. You kept. Going. I did not. Yeah. yeah. There are no bigger delusions of grandeur than being a home brewer entering a competition. Oh, you a know? brand new home brewer entering a yeah. competition. We all think that we're the best. Well, and- yeah, because you're like, well, there's going to be. It's almost like a band, uh, you know, playing a showcase uh, in L.A. Uh, we're like, well, there's a big. Uh, there's got to uh, be big record producers here. We're going to get fucking carried away on a jet tonight. Let me tell you, boys, what's going to happen? Yeah, sort of like that. We're like, Vinny's going to be in the audience and he's going to, you know, <laughs> license this recipe. I agree. Set <laughs> this brewer up. He's going to be my co-head brewer at Russian River. Yeah. I, tell you, I was convinced that we were going to win it all in our first year with Tasty's Dortmunder last year. I was like, you watch. It's just meant to be. And no, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I opened this pale ale and it smells great. It's just in my glass, you know, you know, effervescing. Uh, smells good, so I can't wait to 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 dive into it. Brian Cooper, why don't you hey. why don't you start us off, brother, with this uh, this pale ale, please? All right, yeah. Uh, so in the nose, uh, well, first of all, appropriate size uh, cap fill level, etc. The fill was just a touch low, but it was okay. Average, um, average size. Uh, so in the nose, I'm getting a bright, clean, citrusy, and lightly resiny hop up front uh, at a medium high level. Light uh, tropical in there too. Uh, medium high esters. It's a little fruity. Clean, lightly sweet, bready quality, uh, supporting the the pleasantly very clean ale uh, with medium fruity esters. No DMS or diacetyl. Uh, it's it's just clean and and pleasant and inviting in the nose. Sounds really good so far, guys. I don't know if you're hearing this, but <laughs> sounds uh, sounds like a fifty to me. That's what he says to all the ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Color-wise, it's a rich gold. Uh, the beer is perfectly clear. It pours a medium-low white head that persists for a short while with uh, mostly finer bubbles in there. Um, flavor-wise, well, first you can just tell this is a cleanly fermented ale. The hops are medium-high uh, and have a nice citrus and light pine in the flavor. The water has some, I guess I could say a little bit of an overt minerally, like a sulfate quality to it. Uh, you know, the bitterness is just medium, but it's kind of accented by that water quality. And it's, I just noticed that a little bit, it's a fine point, but it's, um, you know, something that the way it's playing is, is, uh, just twisted a little bit by that. What I, I believe to be kind of some minerals in the water. And we'll talk about the water and, uh, how you did that later, hopefully, um, definitely balanced to the hops, uh, which stay nicely into the aftertaste. Quite dry in the finish. No off flavors noted. Uh, just a nice, clean pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, mouthfeel-wise, it's got a, a light body, 
with no warmth. I would say, um, one of the things I'd say about this beer is it seems like it's been left intentionally kind of light and sessiony, even for a pale. I mean, it's not, not like a session IPA, even it's just like you got the hops of a pale ale, nice, bright, strong hops for a pale ale. And then you get to the mouthfeel and it's not watery, but it's sessiony kind of. It seems like the light version. Like a lot of times people twist them the other way. Uh, there's just no alcohol warmth here. Um, it's not creamy. There's no astringency. Uh, medium carbonation. It's actually kind of crisp and just really, re- you know, refreshing. Um, so I feel like felt like it was good. It just feels a little bit light, and I kind of actually like that in the beer. It, it works with this recipe. Overall, it's a very clean, uh, light, refreshing American Pale Ale with great character for the style. It's I like that it's not over hopped or over alcoholed as a lot of the <laughs> pale ales these days can be it's the call them the pale and a half although i do enjoy those you can't drink very many of them this one you could probably you know drink a few and a few more and be okay um uh, it's just eminently drinkable um eminently drinkable mm. the crispness uh, and kind of caused by that minerality i think is actually kind of nice but you could dial that back a touch um to make it a little less noticeable and it would still probably play nicely i mean you could also bring up the alcohol just a tiny touch uh it doesn't again it doesn't stuff the point of seeming watery but it is with it being very dry and on the lighter side it's leaning towards that end of the spectrum um but great recipe i really like the very nice fresh hop character in this and it's so fresh tasting there's nothing wrong with it i landed at a 40 on this one wow yeah wow all right, Shar, bring that delta down, please. All right, let's see what I can do. So, uh, gentlemen, you may have heard the show once or twice before. There's a my my thing is I always ask people at the beginning, "Are you in a homebrew club?" Ah, I mean, obviously, yeah, yes. the Brewlosophy <laughs> Homebrew Club, of course. <laughs> Several of them. Yeah. I believe we entered this beer under Doe's. Actually, ah. yeah, we're calling Wonder. Doe's our home for this one. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to uh, brew with other people, and it's sometimes nice to brew with yourself. Yeah, uh, brew with myself. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very odd way to put it. Is that be brewing myself? It's fine. Exactly. I'm, I'm gonna shift over just a few. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, Fellas, uh, who's up brewing with right, themselves? Right here next to me. <laughs> so I, I really liked this pale ale. Also, I thought it was really well done. Uh, I've got two in front of me. One I poured about three hours ago to judge, and one is freshly open. The one that I poured about three hours ago, I brought back here with me, so it's a lot warmer Mm -hmm. to just kind of get the difference between the two. And frankly, they're very similar in in most ways, even after, you know, three hours, which is a great sign that there's no off flavors or off aromas in there. If something was there, it would come out by now. Uh, Aroma, uh, I got an intense grapefruit aroma. The fruit, not the pith, uh, and also kind of a medium amount of guava. Uh, this is a good example. We've talked about this a lot on the show recently about the shape of glassware. I, I noticed I've got the older one in a like 16 ounce tulip. The one that's freshly opened is in what are these, Dustin? Like a three ounce, four ounce, little tulip? five ounce tulips. Five ounce yeah. tulip. Yeah. Uh, and at home, I was using a like a nineteen or like a twenty seventeen Winter Bruise Fest, <laughs> one of those nautic shaped glasses. Yeah. And I got a lot more guava at home in that glass mm. than I do in either of these, which is fascinating. And I can't imagine why that is. 
but, other than glassware. Yeah. yeah, other than glassware. I mean, there's nothing around me at home that was smelling like guavas. I didn't have guava juice or anything <laughs> raised around me. It might have been your lip balm. Yeah, it was probably, probably the lip balm, <laughs> yeah. you know, the uh, uh, my, my foundation, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so that that's it's a very fruity, uh, you know, new school, you know, some kind of moderately old school grapefruity hops, some new school guava-ish tropical character that I get from this. Very low uh, malt aroma. Uh, it's definitely hop forward. I, I love the intensity of the aroma. It might be a little out of balance for the style as far as what the guidelines say for a pale ale versus an IPA. So give it 8 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance, 3 out of 3. This is crystal clear. Uh, and actually, all three of the, uh, the, the all three glasses of this that I've had have been totally crystal clear. It's <laughs> not that didn't get lucky with one. That's something that was consistent across all of them. Uh, head is moderately sized and persistent. Uh, ivory in color, beer's pale gold. Uh, flavor, uh, flavor was more balanced than the aroma to me. Initially, I got medium base malt uh, and high grapefruit flavor. Uh, as it's warmed up, I get just a hint of caramel malt. Not, hmm. not a, a big amount. And I, I was wondering when I first opened this up and judged it if there was any caramel malt. And I'm more. I'm more confident in a guess that I'm getting just a very, very tiny hint of that. Mm. That's giving a little more perception of body as it warms up. This is why you're a grand poobah. <laughs> I moved up from grand certified. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a good thing. Uh, bitterness comes up to balance, uh, kind of mid palate, but kind of late in mid palate. Uh, toward the finish, it's long and balanced uh, between the malt and the, the bitterness. Very well attenuated, uh, 16 out of 20. Uh, mouthfeel five out of five, uh, get medium body, medium carbonation, uh, very slight warming. Uh, it's always kind of hard to tell you that I talk myself into it being slightly warming. This is the second one I judged at home. And that's always difficult when you're judging two or three or more. Is it cumulative or is it coming from the beer? Uh, I got maybe a very slight warming from this, uh, much more perky than creamy, no astringency five out of five. Uh, overall impression was an eight for a total score of 40. And Whoa. Cooper and I did not coordinate oh, this. Yeah. Uh, we both independently arrived <laughs> at 40 here. That. Yes. So yeah. 40 is excellent. That's definitely in the excellent range. Yeah. Uh, a very flavorful and aromatic beer that I, I really like. You know, I, I would pay money for this. Wow. Uh, well, you have to actually. That's the funny <laughs> thing about it. That'll be fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, nothing's for free, baby. Show, yeah. <laughs> Every time we score over a forty, we owe the brewer like fifty bucks. Oh so send, send your entries to Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. <laughs> uh, the uh, the aroma might be a little closer to an IPA than a pale ale, mm -hmm. uh, but it's always hard when you're brewing these for competition. You don't want to be too low because you'll get blown out by everyone else in the category. You don't want to go too high because you'll get that comment from people like, oh, it's too more like an IPA than a pale ale. So finding that line in competition can be really, really hard mm -hmm. as opposed to brewing one that you like to drink yourself at home. Uh, you know, from a standpoint of, of whatever, if I were just drinking this myself, I would leave it alone and I would just drink this until the keg was gone yeah. because mm -hmm. it's, it's really good. Uh, for competition, uh, you know, my notes were you might want to either bump up the body and the alcohol a little bit to make it an IPA or maybe dial back the hops a little. Frankly, uh, we were I was just saying it's so difficult to find that line yeah. in competition between pale ale and IPA. And there are so very many entrants 
you know, it's really hard to figure out where to land with a beer like this. Right. Uh, it's hard to judge it. And you're also running into that buzzsaw of so many competitors uh, in, in those categories. I mean, pale ale and IPA are both. And people like to enter pale ale because they brewed an IPA and think, oh, I can just I'll enter this in pale ale and I'll win. Mm -hmm. uh, so at, at the end of the day, if this is something you like, keep brewing it. It was, you know, Cooper and I both thought it was a 40. It's and we'd probably give it. Yeah, I would say towards the modern interpretation of the style um, where, yeah. you know, things have crept a lot hoppier in the nose. You have to have something to grab in the nose there. It shouldn't be absolutely IPA like and the IPAs have likewise crept. I mean, if you travel back in time to 1995 and you hand mm. somebody that beer, they're like, oh, my God, that's an IPA. But mm -hmm. today it's really not so, I think. But if you read the guidelines straight to the I kind of use my own interpretation on these lately because. The guidelines haven't changed a whole lot, but the beer has, and I take that into account. Yeah, it's an excellent point, and this is much more of a, a new school pale ale, mm -hmm. if you want to call it yes. that. So that's what we are going for. Yeah, yeah. and it, it, we, uh, it, Chris was saying he was even worried uh, that the hop forwardness wasn't quite enough because of mm -hmm. the amount of pale ales that are going to be in there with a, yeah, a strong pushing the limit enough so for me it's interesting to hear you guys say like no you're you're pretty good there it's maybe more the the body uh that we or or the alcohol at least uh that we we you know could 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 adjust um yeah it's i think it was really really well done mm -hmm. uh and yeah like i said you got a 40 from cooper and i i mean pretty good with metal doesn't it 40 should win it. Well, no, it, I mean, I've I've gotten 42 in the first round and and never made it through second. So is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's weird. It's a fickle business. Um, before we get to the recipe, though, uh, just me chiming in. I, I agree with a lot of what everyone said, of course, because I'm no dummy. <laughs> um, but Cooper said, like, you didn't get much uh, a little creaminess. I got a little creamy thing going on. But then when Char was talking about maybe a little bit of crystal malt, then I thought maybe that might be it. But um, I think overall, it's a great tasting beer. Um, I really do like the uh, the sort of new school, fruity, not, I mean, sort of tropical, but like restrained tropical uh, hops. Uh, for me, I thought it was a little too bitter for the, for the body. And I thought the body was a little too thin. It tastes more like a session IPA to me. Mm -hmm. um, but... Again, if you like what what Char was just saying, if you're brewing for competition, I think that's what you have to do in the style category. If you're brewing yeah. it as a pale ale, personally, I would like just you know bump a little more in the body and take the bitterness down. But the the aromatics are awesome, and the flavor yeah. is great. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, you know what? I'll go ahead and give it a forty two. Why not? Not not a forty two, but a forty as well. Oh, I no, prefer no, no, 42. 42. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I'll tell you what, 40, how about 41? TWO, baby. Okay. Don't meet you in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like maybe it just attenuated out a, just a little farther than the brewers wanted and it, uh, yeah. the body dropped out a little bit, but I really like it the way it is. And I mean, we're all old. Our body drops out a lot, you know? Not a, not a 50. Yeah. It's not yeah. a, yeah. It, it's funny because. As the brewer, I was fighting some temperatures in my garage, not the way we normally do in California, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a cold winter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I rarely have to heat anything. And so that whole finish, I was pushing it artificially to get it um, to, to finish out because I didn't want to sweep pale ale. Mm -hmm. Like that was my biggest mm -hmm. thing. I didn't care about the competition. It's like I wanted to make a beer we were yeah. proud of. Yeah. I wanted to drink. Mm. So it's funny because I was like, oh, 
just keep raising the temp them as much as you can in the garage just to get that to finish out uh, after dry hopping. So yeah. his PG&E bill is really high this <laughs> month, all for this beer. That's right. The whole garage to heat one little fermenter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Well, I, I mean, I, I tell you what, if, if, garage, so that's the hard part. <laughs> if you put this on tap, uh, you know, it, I, th- I think it's a winner. I mean, I think it's a really good commercial, you know, I think it's what new school beer drinkers want to drink in a pale ale. Yeah. And no, I think I that's totally about, with you. yeah. Uh, but let's get to the recipe. What, what's well, the, uh, what'd you guys do with this? Time to get our old friend Ben's opinion. Even yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, old. Ben, go for it, dude. That's what do you think? Fault, Cause I hardly, I didn't, didn't even introduce at the beginning of the show, but oh, our good right. friend Ben, he's the artist formerly known as the brewer from Phillipsburg out doing his own thing right now, but he stopped in. He's on a 48 state road trip and uh, I had him come in and, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about the beer? You you brewed some great beers, Ben. Yeah, two Thank words you. or less, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Good beer. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll it. Say, yeah, done. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm obviously I can't uh, disagree with what anybody else has said previously, but yes, I, my first impressions were really the aroma is, is wonderful. Um, I think I like the bitterness level, and uh, I think it's a, a nice balance as we've all covered before, that that line between session IPA, IPA, pale mm-hmm. ale, American pale ale is is so kind of blurry right now. Um, but I think for me, I think it's hitting a, a lot of the the notes that I want. I wouldn't really change much to it. It's a really no, solid pale ale. No yeah. tweaks if it came out of your brewery. No, okay. No, I wouldn't I be? I'd be happy with this. Is sit, sitting right where I'd want a, a pale ale to be. All right, space. Thanks, Ben. Take it. That's why we invited him. There you go. Gonna clean that clean that tab out for him. The great brew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he's coming inside. It's all wiped out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that name <laughs> off flavor here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, give us the recipe, boys. Let's let's dig into the recipe a little bit. All right. So we were loosely basing this on like three different beers that Tasty loved um, and that Justin loved and that you guys apparently loved. I just learned that part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Just then. Second so deck. Uh, the first thing we were trying to emulate is slow water, um, which isn't too- uh, for listeners not from California. San Luis Obispo uh, County water is yes. what we were trying to emulate. Yeah. Wait, the world doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I'm from New York. They have been in the news quite a bit with flooding. So maybe, but still. But then he, you know, emphasized uh, the extra calcium chloride and gypsum. So very first things we did was, you know, carbon filter the water because we actually in Contra Costa have very similar water. Mm-hmm. Slow. Thank you, Vita. Um, and then, uh, I think I actually did like a few gallons of RO blended back with, um, the city water that's carbonate or uh, carbon filtered. And then we added the three grams of calcium chloride and three grams of gypsum, um, for the mash. And then, uh, the recipe itself in the mash was 11 pounds of breeze two row, uh, 12 ounces of carafoam, eight ounces of Vienna. Uh, two ounces of acidulated malt and two ounces of caramel. Yes, caramel. Oh. You you called it, man. And our brewer friend said, "Like, look, this this part's important." And and he he has tweaked that over the years, and so we we stuck with that. That's not something we really messed with. We were like, "Yeah, if he's saying that's important, it sounds important." Yeah, just just a little bit. I mean, two ounces. It's not a lot in what a five gallon batch, Chris. Yep. 
that's not a lot, but it does give a flavor contribution. Mm -hmm. And this is not like you might brew a pale ale or an IPA in the 90s, where you might toss a couple of pounds of that stuff, (laughs) that oxidated kind of cardboard. It really promotes that cardboard oxidation, which is not not good. A little bit like this really provides an interesting complexity that you're kind of, you have to go looking for it a little bit, but that little bit of complexity really... I think it's really welcome, and it drives this closer to a 40-point beer than, you know, a 35. Nice. And it's not what I call just straight base malt out of the way, you know, and, and pale ales in general are so dry usually that it's just like there's no malt there almost. This one, you know, in the nose you get it too, like a nice little bready quality. Like if, if I'd let it warm up, I'd probably get that caramel too, but kudos to Brian for, for catching that. Mm-hmm. We mashed at 155. Very important um, step, which I don't normally ever mash that high. And that was one of his big key things, too. And and we had two extra thermometers just to make sure we were actually holding mm-hmm. it. We, did, we held it there. So it was great. Brazilla mm-hmm. for the win. Like more of a more higher, higher body, right? You're going to exactly. have more body than yep. even, even at like 152. You know, you're going to get less body than, than driving it up to 155-ish. That's where we kept it. What else? Uh, hops. Lots of them. Tons <laughs> of them. Uh, Noted. <laughs> 0.25 ounce of mosaic at first wart. Yeah. So uh, then then we don't add any um, until um, the 10 minutes left in the boil, half ounce of mosaic. Then hop stand or you know, whirlpool, we added one ounce of mosaic, one ounce of Simcoe, then dry <laughs> hopped. For wow. precisely three days. Oh, yeah, precisely three days. Over, yeah. Not three and a half, not two and a half, with three ounces each of Mosaic and Simcoe, which is where you're obviously getting most of that pickup from. Right. And wow. that's what I was saying. I was fighting my temperatures because usually, you know, cooling's the hard part. So on my conical at home, we're jacketed. It's awesome. But I don't actually have a <laughs> heater on there because who the hell needs that in California? Right. Until and, this winter. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> you know, I finished the primary fermentation and I dry hop it and I'm like, oh, crap, it's 52 degrees in here. And like trying to keep it warm, rouse the the hops up a little bit. And I think we roused it enough to get the mm-hmm. flavor complexity. I was a little worried that the last little bits of uh, m- malt would would not linger or or be too much, but turns out. That's not a problem. Right. Well, and to me, and I'm glad that you brought it up, JP, because I'm I'm surprised that there's a nice firm bitterness. Cause if you back up to the beginning of that hop edition, there's virtually zero IBUs at the beginning of this thing. Like I don't know what it came out with on the mosaic. Yeah. At at Whirlpool base. Or, or sorry, mm-hmm. at, at uh, first work. Um Justin was laughing. He's like, that that's it. I was like, that's just a token <laughs> amount. Like three things. pellets or four pellets. You know, like, yeah. yeah. And it, but there is still a nice bitterness, I think. And JP, you you mentioned it. You you, you even said, "Wow, it's it's, um, it's almost maybe slightly too bitter." I think that mm-hmm. you said. And, well, and I was only surprised to hear that because there's just nothing in the boil until the end. Yeah, I, and I think that's what the the first person that I always think about who started to do that was Jamil. Was yeah, like yeah. you know throwing everything at the end. It still gives you you know you need to use more hops, but it still gives you IBUs. Right. Um. And and the first wort hopping, I think that was one of Tasty's things. Where like it has to contribute IBUs, but nobody's really measured it. And I think him and Brendelson went off on a thing about maybe finally measuring it. And it does give some some IBUs. So you have some IBUs in the first wort, 
and then you have whatever it's contributed in in the you know in the the like ten minute on whirlpool. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. So uh, that's where you get that burst of aromatics and flavor, but also the IBU uh, you know contributions. I think that you know sixty you know fifteen five or whatever is dead. You know that's like yeah old school yeah. now. That you, that's how you know you've been brewing too long is if you know that. Yeah, no, I, I agree that moving hops further back into the boil has been kind of a game changer in that you are picking up a lot more IBUs than you, than you think, than yeah. you think what Probably. you read originally in all your books before. Sure. And I know um, Ben Edmonds at Breakside has been looking at that a little bit, and I forget what the numbers were, but they were getting pretty significant extraction of IBUs from their, you know, late late editions and their whirlpool editions and right yeah especially in pale ales i think at phillipsburg i did that a little bit is just have a, a little bit of addition at the boil and then maybe a 10 minute and then throw a bunch into the hot back mm-hmm. um, and still get that that bitterness that you want especially if you're doing like a pale ale or a lighter beer sure and yeah. also taking a lot of that um crystal malt out of those recipes gives space for that that bitterness to come through yeah, you get at least a perception of bitterness and it's, you know, it's subtle and people seem to, you know, people prefer them a little softer now and it's softer as well. But the, you know, the minerality kind of gave it a little edge too. Um, I wondered if you did a whirlpool on this or anything else special. Yeah, we did a whirlpool. Now, when you're using these little all-in-ones, it's not a whirlpool like we would traditionally like expect a big hop cone because the damn thing has a concave bottom with a center outlet so it's mm. like you whirlpool but it all goes out anyway <laughs> i was really yeah. interested that you could get these flavors out of mosaic and simcoe right because mosaic i always think of as being you know blueberry simcoe i think of the classic cat pee kind of a little more i know that was that's the early when simcoe was, it was early, produced. yeah uh but the kind of grapefruit and tropical fruit was not something I really expected to come out of this. And that was really kind of a revelation to me. And uh, uh, I really appreciate getting to taste this. We we did use the ALDC both at um, Pitching the Yeast and at Dry Hopping, mm-hmm. just as a side note. And we used Cali, uh, Cali Yeast. Just prevent okay. that uh, hop creep, yeah. We, we were, when we were talking with our brewer friend, the suggestions were, it was always Mosaic. And then the suggestion to choose between um, Citra and Simcoe. And Chris uh, chose Simcoe, and I'm glad he did, because uh, I, I I do like Citra, but I think Simcoe is more complex. And I used to dislike it a lot. I was the one on the show all the time calling it cat pee. Um, I've ch- I've since changed. My palate has changed. The yeah, hop has you changed. I don't know what. Now. I now just enjoy cat pee. I mean, yeah. you grow up. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like pee, like coffee now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your cat pee, damn it. Yeah. I'm that we chose Simcoe because to me, um, I think it's a great combo. Mosaic and Simcoe in this beer. I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, but I believe with Citra, it would have twisted a lot more tropical and it would have been that real you know bright uh you know more modern ipa this has at least a a, a hint of that classic throwback style and it's like yeah. oh that mm-hmm. that has the resininess and the the pininess is coming from that simcoe for sure yeah okay. because you can you can sort of stretch it and and think cascade adjacent mm-hmm. you know you think of like of that hop flavor in a sierra nevada for example it's sort of earthy but not really um you you can find that in the background, and I think what I like about this beer the most is it's the two hops, but it's it's layered in such a way that you get a little bit from each 
a little bit different thing from each, uh, you know, edition. Yeah. Each use of it. And it's been around um, so long now that it is a classic cop, right? I mean, <laughs> well, right. yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything old, old is new. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's what I was tasting. I was like, oh, well, it is sort of like, like Cascade Remnant a little bit in that earthy groundedness. Um, mm. And it's not so new school. We are like, oh, this is, you know, a guava plantation or whatever that smells like. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I heard is that we're on our way to the podium. At that's NXT. right. Yeah. That's what I heard. I hope one. that I hope that happens for you. I have yeah, low expectations. Justin's has big one. Right. This is why I've spent I, most I, of my I life disappointed. People that they're going to say, you've gone on to round two, and I'm going to be like, fuck, we got to breathe. We got to do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Who's going to yeah. wear the tasty costume uh, if you go up to the podium? I'm happy to do it. All right. I'm so happy to do it. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I, this is the point. I didn't say uh, name it. Gary Glass is my hero. Uh, <laughs> I uh, IPA. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm so disappointed that naming scheme never never was wasted on beers that well, never made it. There anymore. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. What, right. One that's of the true. Questions, though, did you guys biofine this, or did you? How'd you clarify it? Because the color is beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Wow. Uh, like, uh, kick tab. Uh, um, Carrageen in the boil. That's all we did. I, 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 uh, the other beer. Oh, I thought you did find it in the keg. Seals, uh, the other one I had to quite a bit. Got it. Okay, not this one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We just, you know, we remembered the Irish moss. <laughs> in the <laughs> Irish moss. Yeah. Justin plugged into AOL online to look up Irish moss. <laughs> yeah, go, go somewhere yeah. to find fish bladder. I, I ran around <laughs> in circles with the with the carboy. That's our centrifuge. That's right. Running and yeah. doing laps Flo- around the pool. Floored it and just cranked the wheel to the left and just... Yeah. Hanging onto the neck of that carboy and spinning around. Yeah. Really yeah. Uh, this is the point in the show where we ask if you guys have any questions, but we sort of sort of BSed our way through all the different things that you could do, you know, and how you did it and whatever. So if there's any I questions on the other sides, yeah. Uh, and it's just because there's a couple notes and I my my answer already, Chris, is I'm afraid to mess with it because this is a good score. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um if this passed the first round and we have to do it again. What is maybe the one thing you you would have us change? Because the the couple things I heard was maybe up the alcohol a little bit, or up or up the malt a little bit. The base. Well, that's if you were going to enter it as an IPA, and I, oh, I would okay. I would try yeah. to maybe keep this in the pale ale category. That's yeah. where we want it. Yeah. yeah, I would lighten up the gypsum just a tiny bit. Okay, okay, to get rid of that minerality you were yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. What about hops? I, I would drop the dry hops to minimum two and two instead of three and three. Um, I like them where they are. It, it does need to stand out. Yeah. Okay. You could it does need to stand yeah. out. Subtly drop them back. It's not, I mean, it is getting towards IPA like, but it's, that's just where they are now. Right. What, what was your final gravity on this? Yes. <laughs> I done. <laughs> didn't was, take a reading. Yeah. Uh, it was actually, I did, and it was 10 12. Okay. Wow. Okay. 10 12. That does not drink a like a 10 12 beer. Than I would have expected. What, what, yeah. you, what did you drink it as? That's what I'm curious. 10 8. I thought it was oh, yeah. that dry. Okay. Yeah. Because when I was fighting that temperature, I took a reading and it was 1014. I'm like, I got to go further than this mm. and got it to 1012. And I'm like, and that was the whole thing. You got to get it off this hops in three days. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did it start at? 10 something. It was like 100. <laughs> 10, 100. It sounded like my daughter counting. And in 99. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me put my glasses on. Oh, wow. That's how you know you've made it. 
1054. Wow. Okay. All right. The perception, some of the perception of dryness could be coming from the minerals in there, just Mm. having higher minerals that were noticeable to me. I think the bitterness. And the, well, the bitterness was good to me. I I didn't get high bitterness. The the minerals, the bitterness that is there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Chris, that's a change I like because it's simple, right? Like to me, I feel like we try to do exactly what we did because I think it. I also think it came out great. We do have to everything. I haven't washed my clothes yet (laughs) that I wore that day, Um, and just a little gypsum tweak like that to me feels like very manageable, right? But we just replicate every else, everything else, including the temperature of your garage. I don't know how we're going to do that (laughs) closer to June, but we got to figure it out. Well, there well, you go. Thank Sounds you good. Thank yeah, of you. course. Um, let's take a break. We're going to come back and we'll uh, drink the Dort. What do you think? I, that sounds good to me because I'm, right. I'm even more excited about that one. So we'll see what's up. Hell yeah. All right, everyone. Hang on. We'll be right back. It's Dr. Homebrew. Don't go anywhere. Now back to the examination. All right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are back here with our second beer of the night, a Dortmunder Export, I believe. Is there Are there different styles, Cooper, between Dortmunder and Dortmunder Export, or are they just like the same thing? We're calling this a German Helles Export beer, because Ooh. that's what the category is. German Helles Export beer. Justin, Did you check that box, Chris, when you <laughs> import export? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. 5C. Do you like okay. this beer even more now, Justin, because it's Helles? Yes, I really okay. do. <laughs> All right. Although, actually, I do think that's a good question you asked, JP, because last year when we brewed it. Of course it is. I was like, oh, let me just, I wanted to be able to talk about the style. And when I looked it up, back in the day, there was a difference between a Dortmunder and a Dortmunder export, right? Nice. Coop? I don't well, recall yeah, that. So back in the day. Um, when you were well, young, no, it was no, the, the category one in 2008. It went, you know, light, it was light lagers. It was light American lager, standard American lager, premium American lager. Then I went to Munich Helles and Dortmunder Export. Okay. And then you'd had category two with the German and Bohemian Pilsner and classic American. But yeah. Um, but now it's all lumped together. So in other words, a straight like Munich Helles is going to be in the same category as us with this. I think it's just no. probably naming. Um, naming cleanup on their part like maybe in germany they don't call it dortmunder export but you know they just had to come up with a name and things just got a lot more um regional and and they you know maybe they brew it in more places than just okay you know there but i don't know i i i'm not too up on that sorry uh, a munich hellas is a 4a so that, that okay, falls so a different category pale malty european beer uh, but yeah, this 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 is one of the kind of head scratching renaming of some of the categories. Is everyone is so used to Dortmunder export, and that's not that's not a category now. But like Cooper was saying, I think that one of the things that happened, and not just this rev of the guidelines, but the last one, is the explosion of judges everywhere in the world. Mm. You know, Europe and Australia and South Africa and South America. You know, we're getting some styles. Not only some new styles in the guidelines, but I think we're getting more input from people that live in the areas where these styles all came from. Whoa, that sounds not- woke to me, Shar. Come on. <laughs> what the hell's going on? It's pretty, uh, pretty woke, I guess. Yeah. The, um, 
uh, I, I guess we we're used to just Americans categorize it. We, we have to categorize what we get, hmm. but what we get from Europe is not always real fresh. And, well, I think you know, it kind of inhibits inhabits the space between Hellas and German pills. Okay. That, that's and an there's a lot of crossover between the two. That makes a lot of sense. A good, that's a good uh, comparison, Cooper. Good job. I agree, and I think it's also why I loved the style when I first had it when Tasty made it because yeah. it's like it was it was unique. It was in this own space, and yeah, not quite a Hellas, not quite a Pills. Wasn't as bitter as either of those, but wasn't super malty like something else. It just mm-hmm. Dortmunder had this. I just loved it. He, he, I think the first one I ever had was was his, and I just loved it. Nice. Yeah, t- Tasty's Dortmunder was, I haven't been so long since I've had it, but I remember, don't remember what it tasted like. I remember that it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's a good assumption. All right, Shar, you're first, buddy. Let's go. Let's kick us off. All right. Let me give you my woke uh, score sheet for this uh, woke <laughs> beer here. Uh, aroma is uh, crisp and fresh, medium malt aroma, uh, sweetness, very, I get a very low sweetness, perhaps from Pilsner malt. Uh, very uh, sort of a light toasty character uh medium uh medium spicy hop aroma no off aromas no diacetyl or ethanol uh, give that nine out of 12 appearance three out of three it's crystal clear uh and that's consistent across a couple of different bottles of this very crisp you can read through this beer light golden color persistent white head flavor initially the flavor is medium malt with Hot bitterness rapidly coming up to tilt the balance. Finish is dry, moderate in length, balanced slightly toward bitterness. Well attenuated, get a low floral slash spicy hop flavor. No off flavors, no mineral flavors, 16 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5, medium body, medium carbonation, uh, no warming. Uh, It's more perky than creamy, but I would call this maybe creamier than that pale ale. Hmm. Uh, no astringency. Overall impression, 9 out of 10 for a total of 42. Oh, excellent. Wow. With the 16 out of 20. Can, can we just mail these down to San Diego for them and be like, hey, don't Here worry. Yes. <laughs> no, X my name off right. of this. And yeah, that's uh, leave, leave the Grandmaster one on. And, like, and- we want to have this Grandmastered. You guys don't need to skip it. Just move it. Yeah, just gonna put us in the final round. Uh, I thought. You know, like Cooper was talking about, there's some notes for the style that kind of place this near some its relationship with German pills and Hellas and some geographically and stylistically similar beers. This is definitely more bitter and drier than a Hellas, mm-hmm. uh, which is what the style calls for. Uh, it's flavorful, it's crisp, but makes me want more. Mm. But I drink this beer and I would be happy to have an entire keg of this. It'd probably be dangerous to have an entire keg of this because yeah. you you drink it, you have a nice finish. It doesn't immediately dissipate, but it kind of goes away quick enough that you think, boy, that was good. I want to have more. And next thing you know, you'll be finishing that bottle and then another one and then probably three more. And mm-hmm. then who knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, no technical issues. Uh, I might want, there's, if I did anything, I might want a little more hop aroma. Uh, otherwise, hard to see room for improvement i'm gonna finish uh what i got in my glass and i'm gonna enjoy the hell out of it so thank thanks for sharing well thank you it's good news like right. that cooper okay Let's see if you can top that one 13 sorry God, buddy full of <laughs> oh no we're not Holy quite within seven <laughs> 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 
Yeah. There's like, it, it's enteric and, uh, uh, um, no, I really, so, uh, you know, nice hiss upon opening, appropriate fill and everything. Um, and the aroma has a rich and pleasant aroma with a cleanly toasty presentation up front. Uh, some light kind of bread crust like character. Uh, no obvious esters. It seems cleanly lagered, very cleanly lagered. There's some graininess in there too. A nice medium, low herbal, floral, kind of noble leaning hop nose or probably noble hops. Um, good balance. No DMS or, or diacetyl at all. No defects that I could detect in the nose. Uh, it's perfectly brilliantly clear. A rich yellow gold color to style. Uh, head of finely formed tight white bubbles. And I don't know if it's a glass where we're getting, but like the head's falling flat on a lot of these beers. This one fell flat pretty quick. Wow. But, um, you know, I took a point off for that, but uh, it fades to kind of a collar around the top of the glass after a very short while. Um, in the flavor, I get uh, that grainy quality of the malt kind of medium, more upfront than the other aspects that I was getting in the nose. It does have a light toastiness in there too. Uh, and a very dry finish, the medium low bitterness, and um, it's you know, just kind of stays out of the way. But I thought maybe that was a bit low for the style, it should have a slightly firmer bitterness. Um, it's only very slight alcohol, it doesn't seem like an alcohol bomb. I mean, these can only go up to about six percent, but um, I don't know, it might might be toward the top end of that, but you're still not, not gonna get a lot of alcohol there, so. Um, it, it can be noticeable, but in this one, it's not too noticeable. Uh, there's again, a low herbal floral, uh, pop. The minerals seem kind of low and out of the way too. Uh, in this one, it was like the opposite of that pale ale. It wasn't accenting the hoppiness and that character. So I felt like maybe the hoppiness was just a little bit lower and just, again, a fine point there, but, uh, and so it has more of a maltiness in the aftertaste lingering in there with some bready quality to it. Uh, but overall, pretty nicely balanced and and uh, and a tasty beer. Uh, well lagered. Mouthfeel-wise, it's medium-bodied, uh, medium, maybe medium-low carbonation. I don't know. Uh, only faint alcohol warmth, no astringency or, or any creamy kind of qualities to it. Um, it does seem quite smooth, about right for style. I actually give it full points for for mouthfeel because it seemed to be spot on there. Um, and I, I gave it high points for in the aroma, but I knocked it back in the flavor a little bit. But I'm thinking maybe I could bring it up there a touch, uh, just because Brian liked it so yeah, that much. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, um, you're feeling generous. <laughs> yeah, we'll he's do got, that. He's got like a whole essay over there. I know he really goes for it. I like. Yeah, it. Cooper yeah, is uh, he's an overachiever with these score sheets, man, for sure. <laughs> I love it. I mean, as the person whose beer is being evaluated, I like it. Yes. <laughs> when I taste it, it's a very wonderfully lagered beer uh, with a great malt character. I would like a touch more hop flavor and bitterness to balance. And um, you know, perhaps you could also work, but don't go crazy with mineral additions to accent that as well. Um, you know, just but without making it harsh. Um, you just want to tread that fine line and just give it a little, little bit more of an edge. I mean, just basically, yeah, do halfway between what you did with the pale ale, maybe, but yeah, like not go heavy on the gypsum or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it's well crafted, excellent, fresh tasting ingredients. I, I just bumped up a couple of scores in here just for fun because Brian liked it so much, and mm-hmm. I, I, I had landed at a at a thirty nine, but I'll give it a forty one. Wow. Whoa! Oh, so wow! Good. Cooper gets bullied. 
into adding two points. Yeah, yeah. As I'm tasting it, and first beer is always hard. The first beer you judge in a competition, I wouldn't want my beer to be judged first in a lineup of other beers. Because like no. just boom, all of a sudden you're judging first thing in the morning at nine o'clock, and it's like right. that beer hits you, and you taste a light lager. <laughs> oh, I'm drinking a you know rocket fuel or something. It's like no, and then you get the next one, and then you go back to that first one. It's like oh no, actually that was just fine. <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, I came back around and tasting it again. It is a lot. It it is a really nice lager, and I think this could do well there. Awesome, yeah. Thank you. Like that, this is the one I'm most proud of of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really good, and the lagering, like like Cooper was saying, you know, it's it, it's not that hard to lager, but not a lot of people do it or have the equipment to do it, or they always understand the best way to do it with the diacetyl rest and everything else. Uh, and I, I think you've really managed to make a, a really nice beer that hopefully will stand out uh, at HomebrewCon. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, NHC, excuse NHC, me. Yeah. Oh, it's not HomebrewCon? I, I the get, competition I, I is still like, national yeah. homebrewers competition. That's right. And the event is home. <laughs> I still get yeah. my acronyms for all this stuff I confused. Know. Yeah, after. it's hard. It's hard. Um, yeah, before we get into the recipe, I, I do like this beer a lot. You know, there's a little bit of the sulfur in the aroma, but that's appropriate for the, you know, for the style. Um, yeah, I, you know, hard to say if it's a little overly on the bitter side or not. Um, it kind of, I, I go in between one or the other as far as, you know, it's hot, slightly scaled toward the bitterness or maybe it's a little sweet. But I think that's where you you know you you can find that balance. I did get a little bit of, I want to say, and this is I don't want to freak anybody out, but like like baby vom. How dare you? Bit, that whatever that alf flavor is, like just a thing, very lightly in the background. Um, you're, you're closer to having have a baby around than probably the rest of us. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know that. Um, but I I I might also be tricking myself into it. Um. Yeah, look, it's a great beer. Good job. I would give it a. Th- I'm gonna go 39. I'm gonna go to the original Cooper. No, how how Fair does enough. it compare? No, so you've had Tasty's Dort, I'm sure. How does it compare to that for you? Me, yeah. I've had Tasty's Dort like a thousand years ago. I couldn't even remember. Um, I'm sure Tasty's Dort was a little more clear than this. But um, how dare you? <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't honestly remember. Um, I think this is a little more bitter, and I think maybe that's where maybe it's not a baby vomit thing. Maybe it's more like an aspirin. It's a thing. There's a harshness on the back end, and I wonder if it's just too much bitterness. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember to be There's to be fair. I'm just more curious than anything else. Yeah, like do you, you pick up any kind of like? If, do you yeah. find this more clear or less clear than the pale ale? Oh, um, you know what? I don't know. Um, let's see. I got a little bit left. Let me pour it, and we'll uh, we'll find out. Well, while you're drinking that, I, I do a, get a little bit uh, more clear. Yeah, so his is clear. Yeah, okay. but the minerality he I said get something kind of in, in there that I thought it, he said. I I, I know, I, but I think yeah, I think it was a joke. It's oh. clear. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I you know, uh, even though you weren't asking me, I do have an answer about how I remember it to taste these. And actually, Brian, you helped me remember it. Your the the words you use, I wrote them down. That toasty bready, yeah, 
that's actually what I remember about Tasties. And and, and it, like I said, it was my first Dortmunder. And so when I had it, I was like, oh man, what's that thing that makes this different? And now I specifically remember it's that it's a little bit toasty and a little bit more bready than the other beers. And this has that. The yeasty. Yeah. I do think, and without getting to the recipe yet though, I do also like your input about maybe a little more hop presence because I'm also remembering it had toasty bready. That's what stood out to me, Tasty's. But it also had like a strong noble hop presence like all good German lagers should. And I do think ours is lacking a little bit of noble hop presence. Yeah, it shouldn't be hopped up like a Pilsner, like a Czech Pils or something, but it, yeah. you know, it should have a kind of an even balance between the malt and the hops. And it's not quite there. But it's what, what do you think? Like maybe a, a up at like fifteen percent, ten percent, twenty percent. Yeah, five, ten percent. It's not, like a except, slight thing. Not, not much. Yeah, I hadn't found a flaw until now because Chris and I tasted this a couple times. I'm like, oh man, I love this beer. I don't know what to say. I don't know. I'm not saying it was perfect, but I didn't have any input. And now listening to you guys, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I could see that yeah, as input. I could. Yeah. Yeah, we ben, definitely break rose-colored glasses on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing, though. That's yeah. Actually, that's part of why I said to Chris, I was like, hey, let's do Dr. Homebrew. This will be fun. I feel vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a safe space here, Chris. It's it's okay, Chris. We're, we're, I like it. We're here to support you. I know. Actually, that's the thing. I was like, they're not going to tear us apart. They're going to give us, like, good info. Yeah, yeah. no, I, um, I agree that um, lagering, especially on the home homebrew scale size, is it's difficult to do. Um, and this beer has been lagered and, and fermented well. Um, like no flaws on, on that side. Um, I really like the readiness. When I think of a Dortmunder, I do think that it's, I think of it as equally malt and hop forward. Um, it definitely has that bready, slight bread crust maltiness to it and a fair amount of hops to it. I, Agree, maybe a titch, maybe five percent more noble hop character to it, but it drinks great. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lovely beer. Yeah, it doesn't play so, like a Hellas. It's yeah, not like as soft and no, delicate and no. just it's smooth. It's got a little, there's yeah. a little gnarliness to it, and it's it's a little yeah. you know it's it's not five percent. It's probably you know five and a half towards six, I would guess. But mm -hmm. yeah. um, love to hear what the recipe is when we get to that point. Anything else to add, JP? No, I think that's it. That's okay. it for me. Yeah, let's uh, let's go through the recipe. All right, Graham's getting it ready for us. I'm glad, I'm glad I brought my notes. And and yeah. and as you do it, I mean, it's just we didn't mess with with Tasty's recipe, right? It's just cool. Tasty's recipe. No, we just went for it. I Vito's here. Vito helped us a little bit, just looking at Tasty's water again, like same. So we, we've always asked for help, like with minerals and water and stuff. And, and, but even that wasn't changed. It was just like, help us interpret what tasty did. Right. We were lucky in that tasty RO'd this batch completely. I, I, I was part of his note. So, uh, his son Lee keeps a emulator going so that he has all the pro mash, uh, recipes still accessible. Are you uh, serious? Oh Yeah. Yeah, all from, from his dad. I love Promax. Yeah, Lee McDowell, uh, uh, who we get to hang out and talk to uh, quite often. Yeah, ha has has preserved all of this stuff from from Tasty. So when we reach out, we're like, "Hey, we need this recipe." Lee goes into his computer and and finds it for us, which is pretty cool. That's yeah, cool. That's so a good way to honor him, man. Right? And, and yeah. he's like, "Well, which year do you want?" 
Right. <laughs> yeah. I want them all, but <laughs> well, this one we were like, we want the year he won the second yeah. the, the silver medal. He's like, this one says silver. We're like, yeah, we'll. We're like, that. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that is such a cool thing for him to do, right? Oh, he, he's awesome. He, he, you know, last year he came and brewed with us when we did it, which was fun. Yeah. So we complete our row, then adding back uh, different ratios, but calcium chloride, Epsom salt, gypsum to both the mash and the uh, sparge water. Then uh, I think it was two and a half ml of um, phosphoric acid, lactic, lactic, sorry, acid uh, for the mash only. We didn't do any acid in the sparge. Then grain bill, um, uh, six pounds of uh, Pilsner, two pounds of two row. So that was a big thing Mike liked to do. Always like to yeah. add two row back. Um, he liked that that just little bit of character that two, American two row adds. Mm-hmm. Um, two pounds of Munich, two pounds of flaked wheat, and eight ounces of carapils. What we forgot to do in this batch, mm. and I blame me, my family was fairly sick at this point, um, is to add any carrageens during the boil. Uh-huh. Um, so that was a bit of a nightmare when I went to take a gravity reading. Uh, oh, sorry. One ounce of Santium for 60 minutes and then two ounce at uh, Flame Out. Santium, that's not a word you hear a lot anymore. Two ounces of Holotower at, at Flame Out. One ounce of Santium in the boil. You yeah, know? Santium isn't one that you, you hear one people using a whole lot. Yeah, unless Nate is talking about his cat. That's, like, <laughs> you know, that's it. That's his name, right? But but okay, just to be clear, but there is Hallertau in the in the beer. The yes. Santium would start bittering at yeah. flavor okay. or at play mouth. Yeah, yeah. Then the mash was um again tasty mash, one forty three for ten minutes, uh one fifty one for thirty minutes, and then a mash out for fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for step mashing, if you want a really well attenuated beer, I I love going like that one forty five ish to break up the proteins i always forget the exact you know the bonds that get broken one's like alpha one is beta and you break up a lot at 145 you drive it up to something in the 150s and then you you really maximize the amount of fermentables and this is really a well attenuated beer Mm -hmm. well and uh vito made me a killer yeast starter for this batch too nice uh is this white labs also yes yeah so is vito co-brewer on this thing i mean it sounds like it no he made yeast well, maybe. look, I mean, you just made sweet water, you know? <laughs> Let me put it this way. If we win a medal, I will give an acceptance speech where they will turn up the music on me. We will be thanking you. Sure. We will thank you guys. Yeah. yeah. For, uh, I will yeah. thank all the small people. Oh. <laughs> and right. then all that Umbracon can tell us you guys didn't really earn it because you had help from Vito or whatever. And Do I don't we care. care. No, like I'm still I, I giving a long. That's what all the brewers at Umbracon think of me. Is what I care about is giving a very long acceptance speech. Oh, that's you, what I... absolutely. <laughs> we'll let Justin do the acceptance speech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like to thank the doctors homebrew, despite the fact that the insurance company denied our copay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Do we have any questions for each other on this side or that side? Uh, fermentation too. We followed Mike's uh fermentation schedule, which I don't have written down. Do you mean we lagered it faster than normal? We lagered it where we did like a step up at one third. So we started pretty cold. I think mm-hmm. at forty nine or fifty, pretty cold. And then we at one third we ramp it up to like 
a little bit warmer than I would have wanted, like 54. Yeah, that's the tasty method. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, up to like 57, and then diacetyl rest after that, then mm-hmm. cold crash. Mm-hmm. Like the modified Narzis. Uh... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That's the, that's the name. <laughs> so I don't know that I have any questions other than is it good enough to so with this one we don't have to rebrew it right it's a lager it's gonna lager fine so if we happen again same question as asked the first beer if we go to the second round there there is some input here about maybe some more hops some more noble hop character do we do we mess with that and brew it again or do we just go ahead and let this we rise? probably need to brew it now if you want to brew it. well and i'm even asking just for the sake of knowing, because Chris Graham and I, I'm lazier than Chris is. So we're probably not brewing again either way. But I'm saying if it was your beer, would you go, uh, I better get, I better fix this or let's let it ride? I would let it ride. A you little extra to. lagering isn't going to hurt it. I'm just in the keg. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I agree with that. I would no, fix it. Except for three bottles. So I okay. hope uh, God. Uh, bottle for the. Yeah, I got one. I stole all your beer. Uh, Wait, do you have three at your house, though? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Perfect. Otherwise, shit. <laughs> Are you storing them cold? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I got an extra one. If you want. Yeah, I, I would I would fix it. I would I would try to brew it again. You would. And yeah. then and then and then determine and see which which batch tastes better. That's what I would do. That's a good point, JP. Yeah. I, even no, just thinking yeah, thinking of fair. it that way, that, yeah. then at yeah. least you have the option, right? Yeah. Like you taste it and go, oh, I like this one better. Let's why not? I mean, you always you always want options and and to be honest it it always seems it always seemed weird where it's like oh your your beer entered you know it, it made it through the second round now do it again and yeah. then we'll judge it but it's not the same beer and so it honestly it order sort of already sort of seemed like um not cheatery but you know just not not the same so why not i mean why not give yourself that edge and and then you can compare it i'll save this other one that i stole from chris um, and if you, so you can taste it if you want and then, um, you know, whatever. When a, a category like, you know, Hefeweizens or whatever in the finals, you can definitely tell the ones that were rebrewed versus not in that, in those categories. Really? Always, Cause it's just like, oh my God, here's a really old, like stale Weizen and here's a nice fresh. There's <laughs> <laughs> a really old well, stale Weizen. You stand in the category. Right. Lager says <laughs> not much, as much of a difference. You couldn't tell in the lager category who did it or not. I'm sure it's they're all good at that point. Right. But the worst case, if you brewed it again, yeah. is you have a keg that will be similar in quality. That's right. Drink. Still enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you like it a little bit less than this, then you drink it and it's still fine. Well, if you like it better than you send it in. It's you're right too. and that's it's really it, all about time and yeah. we don't have, it really is we don't have the time so it's not gonna yeah. happen we're sending it either way yeah. i still just i do i wanted to know still though from a, a hypothetical standpoint like but the answer to me is is i'm satisfied with the answer it's that well the beer is going to be fine whatever you tweak is not going to make it go further is sort of what i heard so mm-hmm. i'm fine. so we don't you know we don't have the time it doesn't matter it is a crap shoot you know yeah yeah there's no guaranteed like uh if you do this it will advance or not well know? the pale sure. ale we ha- will have to i mean we have three bottles but that won't stand up long enough no we got to review no yeah, yeah. okay so do- i'll drink that one we have time on don't we yes yeah that will do cool anything else anything else we can help you with are you boys uh satisfied satiated with your knowledge not just satisfied. I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> well, we don't want that. So let's ego going let's talk on. About <laughs> I've been well because again when I brought this up, like let's do the show. 
It was yeah. because I'm impatient and I sort of I wanted a preview of what our score, <laughs> what our judging might look. And sure, and okay, really, I'd rather be let down now. And so now I'm not let down. <laughs> no, I get to keep my hopes up. Let's do this game as as a sponsor of this show. What should we deduct? What they really scored us at to where it really is. <laughs> okay, I think yeah. a 33 to a 35 <laughs> might be the real score that we should be getting. Yeah. We'll get, they're just, yeah. I don't know. They're grand super dupers. <laughs> I feel like their scores matter. You know, I, I'm an I'm an extra extra four. But, uh, you know, I actually, in, in, in all honesty, you know, I joke about, you know, wanting to keep my Dr. Homebrew uh, gig here. But I you could have been a random person that I didn't know. Yeah. Both of you that mailed us these beers. And I had to give any of the exact same scores. OK. All right. Fair. Yeah. The, of, the, yeah. On the show. And, you know, sometimes they're they're stellar like this. This is a really nicely lagered beer. I, I'm not going to blow smoke up anybody's ass. This, yeah, yeah. You know, we get lagers on the show that are a little less than. You know, they have a little more sulfur, a little more, you know, this one's just like the lagering. You can tell you really paid attention to the process and got it right. Um, I know, did. So. You're right. I really did. <laughs> my house every day. There is a delta on, uh, you know, on on where things are uh, if you're in person versus <laughs> when you're on the phone. The, the original gravity was like 10, 100. Like, uh, yeah, no, I really... <laughs> Attention to everything on this one. It's probably yeah. the fourth day of Justin watching you sleep. It's probably kind of creepy. <laughs> what was the ABV on this one? I want. I want to say it's probably like five. You know, up upper fives, maybe. I I'm believe guessing. so. Yeah, that's five nine. Right. No, no, I don't think it was that high. Five, was it four. five? Yeah. Oh, five four. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, uh, the only other question I have yeah. is uh, who in this room and on Zoom mm. uh, is going to HomebrewCon? Is going to be there for all of it? Cooper, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Char, are you going to make it this year? Not this year. I'm going to CBC, though. So if, if you're, you're going, be in I'll Nashville. see you in Nashville. I'll see you in Nashville. That's great. Graham, that'll, you're going. That'll be fun, too, but we're yes. also going to San Diego. Okay, yeah. Vito, you're going to go to San Diego? Yep, be there. Okay. Ben? <laughs> You're not really a home brewer anymore. You're a pro now. You don't. You don't have to go to that shit anymore. Just do that road trip and turn yeah, south. Yeah, just qualify. It'll be the second lap coming through. Yeah. <laughs> go up to Nashville, and yeah. I'll see you there if you're going to go to CBC. Yeah. And, and JP, no, no homebrew con for you. No, man. I I almost wore a mask for this show. Uh, <laughs> you kidding me? So many people in the room. Yeah. Not in. Yeah. No, I'm going to miss it. But uh, you know, one day, um, you know, maybe it'll happen again. We'll see. How do you do, well, how I, do you do Disneyland? I don't. He does it. I don't what? think. I haven't yeah. been. Yeah. Which is weird because I have a fucking show, an entire about network, it. all about I haven't been. So it's hard mm. to it's hard to do shows now. We're like, oh, what do we do? I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. Talk about how you miss it. Every <laughs> well, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I haven't haven't been. I mean, like uh, myself and with handcuffs, and we're going to drag his ass to Disneyland. There and we go. Overcome. And overcome. We'll make it one trip out. You'll get COVID on the way. It's Extra all- masks. It'll be mm-hmm. well, Yeah. Here, I'll drop this on your show, JP. I did convince Beardy to come to HomebrewCon oh, with nice. us. Nice. So now I, now I need to rethink going to HomebrewCon. Yeah. Yes, you do. And I, and we didn't. I swear you. my daughter has something going on that week or something, which is why I'm not. Whatever. Calling. She's going to be around for years. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> she will, but you know. And then and then Coop, because I have Beardy and a little bit of help, it, it, it's uh, I'm more inclined to figure out if we can do some shows from HomebrewCon too. So yeah. so that so we get to stack that deck mm. in our. Family. I love that. 
figure something out. Yeah. So Sounds anyway, great. I'm just asking everybody because I'm excited to go back. I'm excited it's back in San Diego. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, anyway. sounds great. Away a lot of shit. Love that. Like, we're, we already are announcing like the biggest giveaway we've done. I think really um, that that we're launching soon. So okay, I'm yeah. Invite, you're going to be my, my barley wine elevator vertical too. Mm. But yeah. Oh god, here we go. Giving away a lot. Like of that too. I love all. Yeah. Of if you want to be stared at in an elevator by a bunch of drunk guys. Go to go to the town and country suites or whatever the fuck it's called. You just hang out in the elevator. <laughs> you start on the first floor with a a new vintage of barley wine. Here and we then go. You go up a floor and you wake up everybody on that floor all the way around oh on those God. towers. Okay, and, and then you drink another so, barley wine there. That's the, this a year. A like the last like time it was a town and country. Sounds like the town and country. You get up to I, that thirteenth floor that. or whatever it is, or fourteen, however high yeah. it is. And yeah. then uh, by the time you get to the top, you don't feel the tasers. <laughs> we, we almost got arrested in Philly uh, for our uh, our our vertical of the was it the the fifty fifty pa- Pappy Van Winkle eight yeah. stuff. We almost got arrested. Wow. We were doing. We kind of commandeered a room to, to have like the this tasting. Yeah. And it was in the convention center, not the hotel. And we kept telling you know, the security kept coming around. It's, it's over. You got to go. So no, no, we're we're we're, we're, we're we belong here. We, we belong here. And then when the actual police came. Oh no! Uh, it was um. We're in the hotel, right? No, you're in the convention center. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> move for everyone, but like the cops actually showed up. Right. Uh, so yeah, we we moved like. Uh, good thing uh, you're a lawyer. Two hundred yes. feet. Oh yeah, it was good thing I can. Kind a of lawyer has no idea what room he's in. I know. Well, no, yeah. I, <laughs> we could talk our way into staying for another half an hour and wrapping it up. Yeah, that sounds like me on the on the on the beer cruise that we did, where I was like read the instructions wrong. I'm like, no, we don't have to get out of here till nine. I'm like, get the fuck off the ship. And All then right. you reread the instructions, like, oh yeah, you were actually right, and we were just being dicks for no reason. Yeah, we, yeah that's why we never got invited back. Yeah. <laughs> for one reason. Yeah, never. I'm sure. <laughs> um anyway that's uh sounds like that's about it if you guys are going to homebrewcon don't forget to stop by the five star booth and uh thank them very much for supporting this show uh we really appreciate it and they would appreciate hearing from you and it, apparently it sounds like stop by the more beer booth because they're gonna away a ton of shit that's the word on the street not my words i don't know where i heard that from uh but they're giving away a lot of stuff so that sounds like a lot of fun if you want to be on the show Email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. He will get you on the list. He will get you on the schedule. Uh, maybe we'll do some Slack channels with you or get you on the Jira sheet or I don't know, whatever. I'm learning all these terms. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll get you booked on the show and you send us some beers. And uh, you too can have such a good time like we just did. Love you too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. So we don't have to have Justin and Chris back on again next yeah. month. Yeah, when they rebrew the beer. <laughs> they exact same beers. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it would be good. Uh, maybe you don't need to be on, but if we can get um, a, a, a sample of your rebrew pale ale, that'd be cool. Because huh. well, we do like that. We have a lot of people who rebrew beers based on our feedback for some reason and then send it back in so we can have them back on the show. You don't need to, We don't need to interview you, but it'd be interesting to, to drink and see. We'll see how we do in the competition. If we win, I'll give you my publicist number. Oh, okay. <laughs> figure it out so Vito's number yes yeah, Vito. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Vito. yeah sounds good yeah. Vito make a starter and uh, tell this person no <laughs> I'm not drink their water for God's sake yeah Art right. does some things up better than anybody doesn't he <laughs> perfect <laughs> alright everybody thanks a lot for tuning in Dr. Homebrew I appreciate it and uh, until next time we'll see you later